God, Father, Son, open my lips, that my mouth may proclaim your praise. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, I just couldn't let the 11th chapter of Hebrews go without preaching on it. So although we had the first part of it last week, um, I was just drawn to the gospel readings for last week. But we finished off the 11th chapter of Hebrews this week. So we're kind of going back to the beginning of that chapter again in this amazing letter that was written to the churches. And it's written in a time of persecution. If we just back up a little bit from the 11th chapter of Hebrews, we come to one of the reasons why he then bursts forth into this amazing history of the people of faith, of faith in action. He says, Do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For, and then he quotes from the Old Testament scriptures, in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And my righteous one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. And the author continues, we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. This is what the ancients were commended for. In other words, that long list of the great cloud of witnesses, they were commended for this kind of faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Now, in our modern day, when we say assurance, that we're assured of something, we live in this post-enlightenment age where we're so used to be assured of things that we can see, that we can touch, that we can taste, that have been verified to us through science. But that's not what the author is saying here. He is saying this is an assurance of things hoped for. And again, when we think about hope, isn't there sometimes in our minds a little bit of doubt about whether or not what we're hoping for will really come to pass? But that's not so with what the author of the letter to the Hebrews is saying. It's the conviction of things not seen. The assurance of things hoped for. Assured that those things that are being hoped for, according to the promises of God, will indeed come about. There is no doubt. Hope and faith go together in a surety that God will indeed fulfill his promises. 
N.T. Wright puts it this way, faith is looking at God and trusting him for everything, while hope is looking to the future and trusting God for it. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Now, that word faith in the original language, in in Greek, the same root is used for the noun, to have faith, and to, to the action word, the verb, to faith. Well, we don't say to faith, I faith. Uh, faith, the noun, is that deposit that has come down to us of what we understand about God. We say that before we recite the Nicene Creed. We, I say the invitation is let us affirm our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed because the Nicene Creed encapsulates for us What our faith is founded on, a triune God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who created all things, who became incarnate for us, who redeemed us through his death, resurrection, and ascension, and sends us his Holy Spirit to vivify us, to make us awake, alive um, in him. And so that's the noun, faith. But what What the author here is talking about is the verb faith. It's faith in action. It's the action of all of these people throughout the ages who lived a life believing. Not just believing, because that word has become so hackneyed in our day and age, but there's this incredible sense of a deep trust, immovable trust, When I say, I believe in God, it's not just that I'm assenting to the fact that God actually exists. What I'm also saying is that I trust him implicitly, completely, for everything. I trust God. I trust that what he says he will do, he will actually do. And that's this great cloud of witnesses, witnesses to us about such a deep faith. Because at the end of that long list of all of the saints in the Old Testament scriptures, Abraham, Moses, Rahab, all of whom who stepped out in faith, none of them saw the fulfillment of what was promised. God had promised to come and be with his people. He had promised a new heaven and a new earth. He had promised to send a Messiah. All of them lived in faith, put their trust and their faith into action by living out lives, even unto death, with never having seen the fulfillment of the promise. But we... We live in an age, we live in the post-fulfillment age, but still awaiting a future hope and a future promise that has been made that there will, all things, will be made new at the end of the age. 
But we have seen the fulfillment of that which they just hoped for and lived in trust and faith for. We know that Jesus came, that God became incarnate, that walked on this, uh, who walked on this earth, who went to the cross and died for our sins and rose again victorious and ascended into heaven and sent his Holy Spirit upon us. We've received that deposit that they just looked forward to. How much more should we walk in faith? How much more should we trust God for everything? All of them exhibited certain characteristics of faith. They had a responsive faith. In other words, when God called... They answered. When God made a call on their life, they answered that call. Abraham left his homeland. God called him out of Ur of Chaldees and he left to a place. And he was a wealthy man. He left all of that and started to travel to a land that the Lord would show him. He didn't even know when he set out where he was going to go. It's a sacrificial faith that they witnessed to us. They were willing to give up things like security, like peace, like prosperity. They were willing to sacrifice whatever the Lord asked of them. Theirs was a courageous faith. They didn't know what fate awaited them. And for some of them, it was torture and it was death. But they trusted God through that. They trusted that God's promises for them and for the entire world would be fulfilled. They were courageous in trusting God. It was a persistent faith. In the face of seeming non-fulfillment of the promise, they continued to persevere in their faith, trusting in God, keeping faith, remembering God's original promise, persistent faith. And it was a dependent faith. It was a faith that relied solely on God and not for anything else. Not for knowledge, not for wisdom, not for physical strength, not for any kind of personal power. Their faith was a dependent faith relying solely on God. These were big saints in the church. But you know, God also asks us in our small lives and which are not small to him, but in in our everyday lives, he calls us to that same kind of faith. He calls, when he calls, he asks us to be responsive, to be sacrificial, to be courageous, persistent, and dependent. And sometimes he gives us those stretch assignments that throw down deeper and deeper roots of faith so that the next time around we trust him 
that much more. And I believe this summer has been such a time of looking to God and trusting him completely. He called us to respond, to have a relationship with Celandine Prep School. That became very clear to your vestry very early on. And we responded to that call, as did they. And we've been willing to make sacrifices. Rooms have been changed around. Schedules have been changed. I don't think there's one ministry on the campus that has not had to make some kind of a sacrifice. The school also has made sacrifices. And we have done so because God called us to do so. We have stepped out in faith, both they and us, with courage because we didn't exactly know. We didn't have an assurance in the sensory world that we would even get the health inspection, the fire inspection, the city council's approval. That was all down to the wire. And yet, both the school and your vestry and leadership stepped out in faith. They've started to pay rent over the summer. They've put money into two buildings to renovate them at the same time as we were told that the very earliest the city council would be able to give a determination on a zoning change was August 8th. And that was going to be pretty much unheard of because it would require smooth sailing through every single one of these multitudinous committees. They met on Monday and approved the zoning. It was courageous for them. It was courageous for your vestry because we did not have the money. But the Lord has provided through his faithful people and abundantly so. The walkway just got finished on Friday. It was a persistent faith this summer. There have been obstacles. There have been uh, raised emotions. There have been a number of things that have been going on. But we have persisted through the obstacles, both the school and the church, in faith. And we have relied solely on God because there was no other way. There was no other way that this was going to come about. And so this summer, I believe all of you have seen, because I've shared with you the obstacles, and I've shared with you how God has overcome the obstacles. And this Friday, 
just before school is starting on Monday, as this long run of the summer, which has been so hectic, you know, we've moved at warp speed. You know, the credits that go on after the Star, uh, Star Wars movie, that, that, uh, that music's been going through my head and kind of the whizzing, you know, um, machines that go around with Luke Skywalker and whizzing through the Death Star and everything. It's just, we've been at warp speed. But that's been God's timing. At the same time, we've been... Um, kind of in a holding pattern for the music ministry. And, and that's because every time I wanted to go and actually put an announcement in somewhere, the Lord has said, wait. Now, those who know me know that I don't do that really well. So, okay, it's gone, we're going to do it. And it keeps, wait. I'm like, oh, Gosh, how much longer, Lord? And we've had a wonderful summer with a variety of different musicians. But the Lord has somebody who was not ready or not here for us, and we are called to wait. But there are some things starting to happen there as well. All things in the Lord's timing It's trusting his timing, relying solely on him. And this Friday, so I get this email in my mailbox, and it brought me to tears. It's from uh, the parents of one of the young boys who will be coming onto the campus on Monday. And they wrote this. I've been meaning to send this to all of you and your staff. My husband and I would like to thank you for giving Celandine Life Prep Academy the opportunity to have the school at your location. It's a wonderful school with wonderful people. My son Ryan loves this school and all the staff. This is the first time he has ever said that he wants to go back to school. He misses his friends and the teachers. This is a big deal. Ryan feels so safe and welcomed with the staff at Celandine. They truly understand him and his needs. Before Celandine, it was very stressful, heartbreaking, to see no clear path for our son. But at Celandine, I see great things, and I'm very happy I'm proud to be a part of this community. And in capitals, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for having us be part of your community. I see wonderful changes now and for the future for these children and their families. Thank you so much. The faith Official faith is a responsive faith, a sacrificial faith, a courageous faith, a persistent faith, a dependent faith, and then the Lord provides and pours his blessing 
in more abundance that we could ever ask or imagine. As I was preparing this sermon, I was remembering, Wayne will remember this, almost seven years ago when I received a call late in the evening from the vestry who called and said, we would like to extend to you a call to be our new rector. And I don't know whether I shared it with you that evening or the next time when I, when I preached a sermon, but the Lord had brought me to the daily office and to Joel. I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten, eaten says the Lord, the great locusts, the young locusts, the other locusts, and the locust swarm. My great army that I sent amongst you, you will have plenty to eat until you are full. And you will praise the name of the Lord your God, who has worked wonders for you. Never again will my people be shamed. Then you will know that I am in Israel. Then you will know that I am in Good Shepherd, that I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. This relationship is part of that flourishing. It's part of the Lord repaying the years the locust has eaten. And this last week, I went to the next verse which I had not been called to read or to look at then. And afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. And your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. In baptism, we have received the promised Holy Spirit, but I believe there is an outpouring of the Spirit that God does when people truly trust Him for everything. Not for us, but for those out there who don't yet know Him. That they may come in to a place filled with his Holy Spirit, so that they may know the love of God in Jesus Christ, that they may be welcomed into a community that trusts God and knows the love of God. He also asks that of us in our own lives, that we would walk in a deep, deep faith with our eyes on Jesus, the perfecter of our faith, the one who brings us deeper in and higher up. Amen.